This is the famous Dr. Frank of the famous Mr. T Experience, and you're listening to the famous Dummy Room. What's up, guys? Thanks for tuning in. This is Dummy Room Podcast number 206. Super duper excited for this one. A couple of stone-cold punk rock legends, Phil Hill and Keith Witt from Teen Idols. They're going to be stopping by. But first up, uh, T1 Fest, about a month away, right around the corner. So I figured, let's get the man himself from T1 Fest, from Cap Gun Heroes, the Sausage King of Chicago, Jimmy Costanzo. What's up, dude? What's up, Nate? Not much, dude. I'm doing all right. How you been? Good, man. Busy, you know, just trying to get everything ready. Like you said, we're about a month away, and, uh, you know, we're excited, man. It's going to be uh, a great fest this year. You know, we went from doing two days to three days and, uh, you know, getting ready to uh, do our fourth event at Reggie's, and we're pretty excited about it, man. Yeah, dude, I bet you are. It's a killer lineup. Anyways, still no theme song for the show, so I kicked off the show with uh, Cap Gun Heroes. Classic Cap Gun Heroes. Judy. Awesome, man. Yeah, that's, uh, we appreciate you playing it. <laughs> oh, dude, it's so good. Such a great song. And just looking for things to play uh, with the absence of a uh, proper theme song. Kind of sucks, dude. But uh, yeah, Judy. Perfect. Thanks, man. Probably should have went with that girl because you guys name dropped Teen Idols. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, we do a lot of name dropping in every song, so it uh, seems to be a, a steady thing. But yeah, now nah, we're we're you know huge Teen Idol fans. I mean, we you know we came up in that time. Those guys are uh, one of our favorites, so uh, it, it's awesome to uh, you know have them on the show tonight. Oh, dude, I love having Phil on, man. He's always so good to talk to and shit. So he's always welcome, man. His episodes are the best. And uh, to have Keith on with him, man, never thought that would happen. It's totally cool. I'm not sure I ever met Keith back in the day. I, I don't really remember, but um, but yeah, I've, been, I've had a couple of chats with him the last few weeks, and uh, just a hell of a nice guy. I'm glad he was into doing this. Awesome, man. 
All right, dude. Let's let's dive right into T1 Fest. Uh, October 19th, 20th, 21st. Let's start with the first night, Thursday. Yeah, so the first night we're going to kick things off. We got uh, one of Chicago's favorite bands in Flatfoot 56. Uh, you know, Celtic punk band from Chicago just put on a killer set. Uh, get, those guys are just fantastic. Um, and uh, we are really excited that we're going to be able to uh, bring the Huntington's uh, back in yeah. Chicago, uh, to, you know, they're, they're pretty close friends with the guys in Flatfoot. Um, and you know, we, you know, we're big Huntington's fans, obviously. So, uh, we are really excited to be able to get those guys to make it work for them to come up here. And, uh, yeah, there it's, you know, we're going to have uh, Flatfoot, uh, the Huntington's have, uh, one of, uh, a really good up and coming band, uh, from Chicago, take the reins. Uh, one of my favorites right now from Chicago, it just, uh, great band great people um you know they they have a tie to t1 fest and and type 1 diabetes uh courtney the the lead vocalist her sister uh has uh, has been a long uh time uh battler of type 1 diabetes so uh they've you know we've connected over you know playing shows together uh in chicago and uh they they learned about t1 and you know we learned about their history so we were really excited to have them on and uh, then, of course, some uh, good friends in another uh, really good Chicago band, Space Age Zeros, we playing that day as well. Um, and, you know, we're just really excited to, to be able to, you know, bring a lot of our friends on and, and some great bands. So Thursday night is going to kick things off, and we're, we're super excited about it. Huntington's, no-brainer, dude. Absolutely. What about Friday night? Friday night, you got some more legends, dude. The Quias. Yeah, I mean, obviously... You know, a band that, uh, you know, Chicago is extremely familiar with. Uh, one of our favorites, uh, just great group of guys. And, you know, we've we've played a, a lot of shows with the Queers over the years. And they're, they're just really good dudes. And it's a band that is uh, means a lot to all of us. And, uh, you know, we were really excited. We wanted to get them as part of T1 for a while now. So we're, we're really excited to announce them headlining uh, Friday night at T1 Fest. Uh, but it doesn't stop there, man. We're going to have Sack. Uh, on there as well, the the Raging Nathan's uh, Hospital Job, uh, Flamingo Nosebleed. I mean, it's a it's a it's a great lineup. So uh, we're we're really excited about Friday night as well. Even without the queers, dude, that's a fun show. Flamingo Nosebleed, those guys are absolute dynamite. Raging Nathan's are great. Friday Night Rules. Yeah, I mean, I, I, that's what I strive for, man. I, I kind of you know I, I look at it, try to put the show, you know the lineups together with like, well. Who would I want to go see together, and you know what? What, what I think would be a great show, and uh, like you said, man, it's just a great lineup. Raging Nathan's, uh, those guys just fucking crush it live. I mean, they are uh, awesome to you know see. Um, Flamingo Nosebleeds, you know, one of my favorites as well. So yeah, I'm super stoked about Friday night. Dude, I gotta tell you, I was a little bummed out that I uh, wasn't able to get the queers up here the night after they played at T1 Fest. They've never played in lacrosse, dude. It's unbelievable. Such a bummer. Yeah, we'll have to keep working on that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, how about Saturday night, dude? Big night, some uh, some big names, and even bigger surprises. Yeah, man, we're uh, we're super excited, uh, you know, to close things off on Saturday night with uh, just a great lineup. Uh, got Teenage Bottle Rocket headlining. Um, our our friends in the Methadones are going to be playing again, uh, as well as uh, Chicago Legends, the Bow Weevils. Um, and then, you know, a lot of, uh, you know, some really cool Chicago bands as well, some up and coming bands in the Rip Taylors and the Stevens. Um, 
who we're excited to bring on uh, for their first time on the T1. Uh, and then I think, as you know, uh, and that we'll let everyone know, we got a uh, really cool surprise for everybody that uh, we're going to be yeah. announcing today. Dude, we love surprises. Surprises are the best. Absolutely. Oh, man. This is this is an atomic surprise. Yeah, man. I mean, I, again, I want to thank you. I know you, you know, you know, you helped put this together. So, uh, you know, we're, we're super excited to announce that we are going to have an exclusive set. Uh, it's going to feature a bunch of just legends of uh, punk rock, the punk rock scene, especially from the 90s. Um, we, we are going to have uh, Simon and uh, Mike from the Methadones kind of leading the way as the, the backing band with some others. Um, but uh, we're going to have uh, Dan Baffin's going to jump up there and he's going to give us a, a Riverdale set. Um, Cody is going to come up and he is going to do a Lillington set. Awesome. And then uh, speaking of your guest tonight, man, I am super fucking stoked <laughs> to say that uh, thanks to you and uh, your help, man, that we are going to have the uh, Teen Idols giving us a set. And uh, I mean, I... I <laughs> I, I mean, I, I think we could all say it's been a while, man, and we've all, you know, we've we've all been wanting to see that. So I think we're all pretty fucking excited to, for what we're going to see on this set. I mean, it's going to be one set, them all kind of going in order, jumping up there, and uh, you know, three bands that you know are just you just can't get enough of, in my opinion. So um, we're we're excited to 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 see that and put that together. And uh, like I said, it's going to be a nice exclusive thing that. You know, you're only going to see a T1 Fest, so if you haven't got your tickets yet, get them and make sure your ass is there. Dude, Phil and Keith getting together one more time. Dude, I think it's been like 13 years. I think it was 2010, they said. That's crazy. And then you got Cody doing some Lillington hits, and of course, Vapid doing a bunch of Riverdale smashes. Man, it's awesome. Good job. But yeah, to hear, uh, to hear Keith and Phil sing some Teen Idol songs, man, that's... This might be the last time it ever happens. You never know. Yeah, who knows, man? But you know, we, you know, we really appreciate it. You know, and it's just the sign, man. We, I know we always talk about when we're, you know, talking about T1 Fest. You know, we're always talking about community, and, and this is just a prime example. I mean, you know, obviously we're we're booking this event, and you know, we're, you know, we have Teenage Bottle Rocket on there. We have the Methadones on there. So Dan and Cody are going to be there, but you know, they don't have to go out of their way and 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 help us put this you know, unique part of the show on, um, you know, the support we get for Team One Fest and, and our goal to, you know, raise money and create awareness for uh, type one diabetes, dude. Every year we're just humbled by, you know, all involved. And I mean, we're, we're just super stoked to, to get things rolling here. And, you know, we're really three weeks away, so we're pretty excited. Hey, I don't think you mentioned, but uh, Cap Gun Heroes are playing Saturday. <laughs> what a great spot. Yeah, we're we're gonna be playing, and you know we're excited. We're gonna uh, we're gonna be, you know, we're gonna be playing some new songs. I mean, I, I know it's been a while since we've, uh, you know, put some new original stuff out. So uh, we we do have that on the way, and we're gonna be playing some of that uh, at our next few shows. Uh, obviously, we you know we're playing Mom's Basement Fest as well. Uh, we're gonna be yeah, playing yeah. T1 Fest, and then we have a few more shows before the end of the year. Uh, this has been kind of a crazy year with us. For uh, <laughs> it's been hard to get out and do some, you know, a lot of shows due to, uh, you know, everybody's schedule work being a little crazy. But you know, we're gonna end the year strong, and uh, 
you know, we're, we're going to play some new songs and then, you know, finish up recording uh, new music for everyone in the, that we're going to release in 2024. So we're, we're pretty excited about that. And then, um, you know, we're also going to be uh, introducing a new drummer. One of our uh, longtime friends is going to uh, take over drumming duties, uh, starting with Mom's Basement Fest. Uh, our, our good friend Scott is uh, taking advantage of some new work opportunities that are going to take him... Uh, to Holland, Michigan. So obviously with us being uh, located in Illinois, it's just not possible for him to continue doing it. And he's definitely going to be missed. But, uh, you know, we're excited to, to bring back a, uh, you know, a 20 plus year friend who, you know, we've all played with in bands in the past and uh, are excited to, uh, you know, have him uh, start this next chapter with us. And, and you know, it's, you know, end the year strong with a, a lot of fun shows. So we're, we're excited. I can't wait for people to uh, send me clips of all the new songs you're going to be playing, considering you haven't sent me any demos yet. Yeah, man. I, you, you, you know, we just need to have you come down <laughs> here and then me, you know, me and you can go beat the shit out of Joe together because it's really his fault, dude. He, it's his schedule's the worst. And, you know, we, we can definitely take him now, dude. I don't know if you've seen him. You know, he, he lost a bunch of weight and all that muscle's gone. So we, we can definitely take him now. Oof. I don't know, dude. He still looks like a monster to me. Nah, dude, he he got rid of all the muscle, man. He's he slimmed down. He's, uh, I, I mean, yeah, no, that he, the, the you know, like, <laughs> there's no sweat in Joe no more. Nah, he, yeah, dude, he he got really, uh, yeah, he 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 went on a really with work and everything else, just just serious health kick, and he dropped like forty pounds, dude, fifty pounds. I mean, he's he's looking great, but all that big mass muscle he had is gone, so. Dude, I guarantee he could still pummel me. No problem. Well, that's so, why I said the both of us. I wasn't leaving you out there on your own. <laughs> well, I will watch you. Yes, I would watch you try to do that. So that would be fun. Uh, all right, dude. T1 Fest 2023. You really knocked it out of the park this year, dude. I, I got to hand it to you. October 19th, October 20th, October 21st, Reggie's Rock Club in Chicago, Illinois. Thanks, mate. Yeah, we're, we're, I appreciate it, and we're excited, and... Uh... You know, there's going to be a live stream as well. So yeah, yeah, uh, I wanted to ask you about that, dude. Is this is this is it going to be through Reggie's or what? Um, so Reggie's has a company they work with, and they do a great job. Um, and so we're we're gonna we brought them in to do it. They, you know, they again they do it's this the quality of it is is just fabulous. So um, we're going to be able to you know do that. So I mean, I, I'm excited because if if you can't make it out, you know, you got to catch this exclusive set plus you know all the bands doing the original sets. Uh, on the live stream because it's definitely going to be something you don't want to miss. Yeah, definitely, definitely not, dude. Uh, but yeah, again, just uh, congratulations on just putting together a hell of a fest. And uh, I know you work, I know you work really hard at it. So um, yeah, dude, awesome. I appreciate it, man. Thanks for all your help and thanks for having us on. And uh, you know, look forward to uh, connecting again here in the in the new year. Oh, for sure, dude. We got we got to have you on more. Uh, it seems like, you know, we talk all the time, so it's, it's weird to, to look back and realize that you haven't actually been on the show for like three years. Oh, I figured I was getting punished for how slow we are with, uh, releasing new music. <laughs> well, maybe that is it. You can come back when you got new music to bring. How about that? All right. So uh, I'll, I'll talk to you in 26. Nah, just joking. <laughs> I don't know if I'll be around that long, dude, but, uh, <laughs> Yeah, dude. Anyways, Teen Idols, one of the best, right? So cool to have Phil and Keith back on stage again. 
it'd be cool if we could get a, a big reunion, but I, I'm sure that's not going to happen. So this is the closest we're going to get. It's cool enough to have him on this stupid, shitty podcast, but even cooler to see him on stage in Chicago in a few weeks. All right. Hey, Jimmy, good luck with everything at T1, and uh, we'll talk to you later, dude. Yep. Sounds good, man. Okay. So Phil and Keith, they're here to talk a little bit. Cool. Unbelievable. Welcome back, Phil. Keith, great to have you on for the first time on the show, man. Welcome. Thanks a lot. Thanks a lot. Thanks a lot. It's good to be here. Yes, Nasty Nate in the house. Nasty Nate. Oh, my God. (laughs) (laughs) I thought that was gone. Uh, No, it's coming back. That's that's, mm, that's what I heard. (laughs) What's going on? What's that from? You told me the other day, or Keith told me the other day. What is that even from? It's from Half-Baked, the Dave Chappelle movie. Yeah, (laughs) Nasty Nate. (laughs) Fucking A. It's great. It's better than Nate Dog. I always hated that yeah, one. Yeah. Oh, man. I'd much rather be Nasty Nate. Oh, definitely. <laughs> <laughs> you know. Keith. <laughs> what are you going to say? Like, regulate this, mount up. You know? <laughs> hey, Keith, what was your best nickname you had? I, I don't know. I've never heard a nickname for you. We got Filthy Phil, Nasty Nate. What was yours? I don't really have one. I have, like, it's funny. No, it's funny because, uh, yeah play hockey with these kids that are like 20 years old and they call me kentucky and i'm like why the <laughs> hell do you call me kentucky and this it like everyone knows who i am in this whole league like all oh, hundreds of people they know who i am but they all know that my name is kentucky and i'm like what in the fuck is wrong with this shit and the guy that called me that at first i'm like look dude what is the deal with this Kentucky thing, he's like, I was like, I don't know really anyone from Kentucky. I'm definitely not from Kentucky, and maybe I have somebody related to me in Kentucky, but no one will ever know. And he said, well, doesn't it sound better than Tennessee Keith? And I was like, I guess you got me there. It's Kentucky <laughs> Keith rolls um, right off the tongue, so fucking <laughs> be it. <laughs> so that's about all. That's uh, Any other nicknames, I don't think you want to hear about that. No. Nasty Nate nicknames. <laughs> <laughs> Kentucky Keith is worse than Nasty Nate, so I'll... Oh, it's terrible. It's yeah. fucking terrible. It's absolutely terrible. All right, so uh, so me and Jimmy broke the big news. You guys are going to be on stage again doing a, a, a maybe a two-short Teen Idol set. 
Incredible. Yeah. It's going to be a blast. I uh, hope I don't trip on anything with my walker. <laughs> but <laughs> It's all right. Don't get in my parking place because I get yeah. to park close these days. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, we were we were talking about it. it's been thirteen years. It was wow. uh, 20, 2010 since Keith and I have been on stage together. Was that the that was the Cindy the Windy City Sound Clash, right? The Cindy Windy, yeah, yeah, Cindy Windy. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yes. That is that has been it, man. It has been a long time, and I'm very excited about it. You know, like it, Philip had said something to me about it, and you know, I, I'm I'm on board, full bore. You know, this is like an opportunity that, I don't know, I guess that neither one of us thought would ever, you know, that that this wouldn't be something that would happen, especially now both of us were older and kids. And it's, I don't know, I, I, I told my wife, I was like, man, you know, don't you think it'd be really cool? I know that when I was growing up, if my first show would have been like my dad's band, that would be pretty cool. So be able to do it this uh, this part of life and have kids that'll be able to do it you know and say something about it later in life maybe in a, in a positive way yeah, yeah. that that's fantastic you know absolutely so if you guys like Keith I mean have you been have you sang at all since 2010 or outside the shower no no okay no <laughs> no I have, I have not I mean like uh I don't race out to the karaoke bars and, um, <laughs> you know, like I, I, I don't do any, no, not at all. Crazy. Not in the least. So this could be a disaster then. All the more reason for people well, to show up. Let's hope not. It, it, exactly. <laughs> you know, like who knows what could happen here, but I, I, I think that it's going to be, it's going to be fantastic. Like I said, I'm very excited to do it yeah, yeah. and, and you know, it's gonna it's be incredible. Gonna be awesome. Hey, you guys got yeah. you guys got a a set list kind of pick. Don't don't reveal anything. That'll be a big surprise. But oh, are you yeah, guys still fighting over plan. that? Master plan is in in full effect. Incredible, so, man. Yeah, I haven't been on stage since Jughead's fiftieth, and that was twenty seventeen. Is that right? Yeah, yeah. So I six think. years ago. Yeah, it's crazy. Wow. I don't remember like. I don't want to get into too much on how this happened, but basically Jimmy hit me up and he had this uh, crazy idea, right? That he should mm-hmm. do this this uh, this cool thing, and there was there was somebody else involved initially that we wanted to to have do this, and uh, that didn't work out. But I'm glad that the rest of this did this Cody thing and Vapid, and of course Keith and Phil. It's gonna be amazing, and man. I was really surprised that that Keith said yes. I didn't think that he was even going to be up to do it. I asked him, I was like, what the hell? Why didn't you think? He's like, oh, well, I thought you just kind of, you know, your time was over. What do you think? I'm fucking dead. Yeah, I, I, thought, you, I thought you were retired, man. Uh, t- just, never. Just tired? Never. Just, just, yeah, just yeah. tired, man. <laughs> I, I, I've been asleep for 13 years. Yeah. So. When, uh, when Jimmy asked me originally, he's like, hey, what do you think about having uh, – you know, Phil, Phil getting up there, you know, and I'm like, won't do it. There's no way, but I'll ask him for you, you know, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And, and I asked you, and you were like immediately like, yeah, that sounds cool. Let me ask uh, Keith. And I'm like, oh, this is never gonna happen, you know. Yeah. And I, mean, like, I, I didn't, I didn't feel right about getting up and doing it by myself. So I'm like, <laughs> well, it, yeah, yeah. Because you know, Keith and I did that the other Windy City uh, the year previous to the last one that we did, and 
uh, we jumped up with Mulligan Stew as our backup band and yeah. played a few songs, and that was really fun, you know, because we've been friends with those guys forever, and uh, oh, yeah. that was a blast. And it's like, I think this would be something similar, if not even better than before. I think it'd be a bit even better than. Oh, it's do. Dude, I do too. It's going to be better too. because there's been this uh, this lull, right? This this lack of teen idols. But I have right. noticed, and maybe you guys you guys have definitely noticed this, but in the last few years, it's been sort of a a resurfacing, a slow resurfacing of teen idols, mm-hmm. starting with maybe the with the stripped down seven inch, and then last year we had the twenty fifth twenty fifth anniversary of the first album, and yep. now we get like, you know, I don't want to say a reunion. It's not a reunion, but you. To get you two on stage again is just mind blowing, almost. Yeah, a lot of people didn't see this one coming. <laughs> no, Inclu- no, including no. us, including us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's cool, well, man. I, I, yeah. have to, I have to credit the Dummy Room for a lot of this resurgence because before I first came on and talked, you know, did the interviews with you, I think a lot yeah. of people kind of forgot, and then it kind of reignited something, you know. Maybe I, I don't know. Way. I'll take. <laughs> I'm giving you all the credit, Nate. You're, it's because well, of Nate Dell. Well, yeah. it's be- no. <laughs> here's here's the coolest thing, and this is I I, I don't know how this is going to come across. Maybe maybe it'll be terrible, but the coolest thing about Teen Idols for me, even with all the the debauchery, the fights, all the craziness, that crazy lifestyle, you know, whatever. Um, oh yes. The fucking songs, dude. The songs never let up. They never took a backseat. All the albums are just as great as the day they came out. Truly timeless music. Well, I appreciate that, man. And I, I think the uh, the basis of any band should be your songs. <laughs> you yeah, know? yeah, yeah. I mean, there's a lot of bands that are out there, and <laughs> they're known for being crazy, but they suck. You know, so... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, yeah. Think, I think the first and foremost, you better be a good band as far as writing some good songs that are going to last. Yeah. You guys were hardworking, though. I mean, you guys toured... Up here, I mean, I don't know. You didn't tour everywhere, but you guys were in the the Midwest constantly. It seemed like. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know what's funny about that is I was talking to uh, a band member from a, another local band from Nashville recently, and he was like, "How did you guys do it? Like, you know, my band would play in town, and you know, we'd have a really big show, and it'd be great. And we, anytime we played in town, it would be packed. But we would go, you know, two hours outside of Nashville, and we'd get five people. You know, how did you guys do it? And I said, because we got five people also, but we kept hammering away and going back again and again and again. And we five would turn into ten, then to twenty, then to forty, then to eighty. You know, it's like that's how you you can't just play one and then give up. You know, so <laughs> yeah, we we played to nobody for years. Yeah, you know, we were relentless. Yeah. Playing. Playing yes. basement shows and house shows and whatever, you know, and for chicken and root beer. Oh yeah, that was a, that was a big one. That was in Denver. We played a fourteen-year-old girl's root beer party, and uh, her, her parents we were signed with an album out. Yeah, we were on Honest Don's. Already had our first full length out, and we was were the Lillingtons with us that time, or was that just us? I can't remember. Nah, it was just us, and we knew that the we were like, what happened to the promo stuff? And we look up from the through the window from outside she has every promo picture label center pasted on her own fucking walls yeah she didn't come up the show at all no. and, and i remember because we were we were in a suburb of denver called mansion heights i remember that and uh we were playing and in the middle of our set the lights like we were playing in the basement and the lights keep flashing on and off 
and this girl's parents are like, Aubrey, you've got to turn that down. You know, like, and, and and he was like, Look, this is not the bluebird. And it was our first time in Denver, and I'm like, Sir, what is the bluebird? Like, we didn't know that that was like the big music venue downtown. So we're like, What is the bluebird? I don't know what you're talking about. Oh my god. Oh, and then the the opening wow. band, there was a, like a ska band or something that opened, and they were loading in their gear. And he's like, "Aubrey, is this another band? What is going on?" Like she hadn't <laughs> she hadn't told her parents that she was hosting a show, and yeah. oh yeah, and she made a flyer that said "Beer Party," and then really small in parentheses it said "Root" at the top, like "Root Beer Party," <laughs> and and oh, so man. we got. Our deal with the booking agent that booked that was she was supposed to get 10% of our pay. Well, they paid us in root beer and fried chicken. So like, what do we give her, a wing and a shot? You're like, how does this work? You get a two-piece. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Did you guys you know going my, into that? fingers. Did you guys no, know? We didn't, no. You didn't we know had what, no was, idea. what was happening. Like, so we were given the address, and I pulled up the our van in front. I'm like, "That's a house! Like, what the hell? You know, where's the car? Where's the venue? You know?" And so I'm calling and calling, and this girl's not answering. We're parked at the grocery store down the street, and finally she's like, "Yeah, you guys can come ahead now." And it's like, "Is that the right address?" She's like, "Yeah, yeah, yeah." And so we get there. Some girls. She was like 14. I swear to God, she was a kid, and we were playing in her parents' basement. Like, and it was hell? a nice house too. Like, yeah. Well, the name, nice. the name of the suburb was Mansion Heights, so yeah, I yeah. can tell you right there. Yeah. But I'm like, how in the hell did our booking agent get this show? Like, I, like, how did she even know to call this girl? And it was just completely confusing to me. I have still to this day, I have no idea how we ended up there. Oh my god, that's incredible that the show actually happened, though. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it wasn't like it was a packed show or anything. There was just like a bunch of her friends from high school watching us play, <laughs> and they paid us yeah. chicken and root beer. So like, I mean, no shit. It wasn't like they came out with a KFC thing either. It was like a Walmart bag, you know, like the plastic <laughs> ones, and somebody just poured a bucket of chicken into it. Yeah, yeah that's it right. Two liters of root beer, like big K root beer. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Only the best. Only oh. the best for Teen Idols, man. Oh yeah. yeah, you're not getting no A and W or mug here, buddy. You just get her. The big K or <laughs> you remember her name? Aubrey. Uh, yes. Aubrey. Yeah. Because I heard yeah. her, da- her dad screamed her name so many times, I like, drilled in my mind. <laughs> Aubrey, turn that shit down. God damn it. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my god. I mean, I yes. you just gotta wonder was... what her parents Ooh. thought. You know, if her parents knew like anything about teen idols, do you think they'd let you in the house to play the fourteen year old daughter's no. party? You especially know? if they especially <laughs> if they knew our reputation, we wouldn't be yeah, alive. Yeah. We'd probably be shot, you know. <laughs> get, get away from my daughter, you creeps. Yeah, yeah, don't kidding. That's a crazy show. Like, give me give me a couple more of the craziest shows. Oh, what Dude. about the ones where, uh, Keith, you remember the one we played on, on Long Island with uh, the Lillingtons? Again, it was in a basement, and after the show, it was like it turned into a house party. And Oh, my and, God. And I think yes. Corey or somebody got really drunk and started playing beer can baseball. And so they were in the, in the basement <laughs> of this person's house with a baseball bat <laughs> and throwing <laughs> bottles in the air and just cracking them. They were shattering yeah. all over the place. Like glass beer oh, bottles yeah. or balls. Oh, gl- yeah, gla- glass <laughs> beer bottles. Every, yeah. Beer bottle baseball. Yeah, dude, it was nuts. We and had then, to... We had to we, we had a show in Southern California 
that was oh, I'm yeah. asleep in the truck and and they're like dude get up get up they want us to play quick i'm like what are you talking about they're like we got to play now before the cops get what the fuck do you mean before the cops get here (laughs) and we're at a loading dock Mm -hmm. somewhere at like a like where you pull trucks in the back of like a warehouse yeah yeah. these kids have brought like a couple of speakers and we're stealing power off of the loading dock yeah no no No, like the kids didn't bring a couple of speakers. It was RPA. Because right. we, we used to travel with a, with a PA, and so they, they knew that there was an, an electrical outlet that was active on the outside of the building, and they plugged an extension cord into it and had us hook up the PA. And, of course, we are playing last, and so this fucking band won't stop playing. It's playing before some local young kid band. And we're like, God damn it, dude, like, the fucking cops are coming. I just know they're going to come because we weren't even supposed to be there. And then they started talking a bunch of shit to us. And we're like, we, we're, fuck this, we're out of here, you know? Do you remember how that happened, Keith? I was like, somehow I get, a, I get in an altercation with the kid that was putting the show on. And I'm like, fuck it, like we're out of here, and I'm taking the goddamn PA. And they're like, <laughs> I'm taking my PA. And yeah, going and, home. and they're, they're like, you you can't take the PA. Like they're still playing. I'm like, I don't give a fuck. You know, like I'm not going to jail tonight. And so I get in the van, and I'm driving up, and nobody will fucking move. So I just laid on the horn and floored it towards the audience, and like everybody scattered. And, and they, everybody's pissed, dude. They're like, what the fuck? You almost, I said, get the fuck out of the way. We're getting our PA and we're leaving. And they're like, man, you guys, you're a bunch of fucking assholes and shit. And I'm like, I'll kick your fucking ass. Like, I'm not from California. I'll beat your ass. And like, we don't do that here. We're not from the Ozarks. And I'm like, we're not either, idiot. Yeah. You know, like, my God. Yeah, that oh. was, that was a disaster. I mean, we never had very good success in Southern California because I think it was just a, a personality clash. Like, we didn't like them and they didn't like us. And it was like, I was fine with that. Yeah, we're cool. We're cool. Like, there's no need for San Diego. Like, that, that's, we're good. There's no need for it for us. It doesn't, doesn't yeah, work I for us. I think that was the deal. Is that somebody said the cops were coming, and I'm like, show's over. Fuck this. I'm not going to jail. So I was like, I'm taking the PA, and we're getting the fuck out of here. <laughs> yeah. Phil told me, Keith, that uh, the top three spots for teen idols were always Chicago, Green Bay, and Phoenix. Yeah, Phoenix, Arizona. So weird, dude. Like, I get oh, I know, Chicago yeah. and Green Bay, you know, but Phoenix, man, it's just seems so far I, away from where was, you guys were it from was so weird it was always the um, the kids from the indian reservation used to come and just pack it it was the, the that, weirdest yeah, yeah that did will that did shows for us out there will anderson uh, yeah yeah and we like even one year we did thanksgiving his mom made a thanksgiving dinner for us while we were out there yeah, Thanksgiving. We, did, we happened to be there for thanksgiving and and there was no show but we didn't have anywhere to go and we didn't know anybody so will's like fuck it just come to my house my mom's making a turkey <laughs> so we chilled at his house and watched football and ate, ate turkey at his mom's house and that was pretty cool yeah, it was. He was on, do you remember David Tell up all night? I yeah. saw yeah, him yeah. on one episode of David Tell. Dude, him, like on a boat with him in Hawaii. Like, what the hell is that guy doing that's, on there? That's really weird. Yeah. yeah, he's really, he's a he's everywhere. That's Man, cool. That's crazy. That's, yeah. But I mean, yeah, Phoenix was a big one for us, for sure. Yeah. Do you remember the time, Keith, this is a good story about 
Phoenix. We had a show scheduled there with a bunch of other bands, and I was getting really tired of driving, so I let Keith take over, and I'm like, I'm going to go take a nap in the back. Wait, I wait. know where you're going yeah. with this high speed. <laughs> I, I, I wake up, and I get down, and I'm like, oh, I got I got to piss, and I get down, and I'm looking, I'm riding shotgun, and I see, I was like, dude, you're not going east, are you? <laughs> <laughs> he's like what and i'm like pull over we had, we had gone four hours east instead of going west so, so we had to turn around and drive back it took four more hours to get back to our starting point so we were already eight hours late and then oh, when, yeah. we, when we finally got to the venue wasn't that the was it called the nile the nile theater yes yes, yeah. yes so it's a big ass theater i mean there's probably you know five to six hundred kids in there and it was like a big city for like one of our bigger uh, scenes, you know. And we come pulling up. Who the hell were we on tour with at that point? I can't remember now, but we ran in, and the headliner was like halfway done with their set. And everybody was like, yeah, they're not coming. They're not going to make it. Nobody knows. This was before cell phones, so we had no way to tell them like we we're super late or anything. And we jumped up on their equipment and played like eight songs really quickly at the end of the night and ended up selling like $400 worth of merch. Like that was yeah, nuts. We did great. That was a great show. I couldn't believe how well that show went for how badly it started. Like we were super late, but we ended up wrapping up the night and sold a shit ton of t-shirts. I'm like what the hell? Yeah, that was fantastic, man. That was an absolutely great show. What's unbelievable with you guys is all the crazy stories too, all the drinking and mm-hmm. shit. And just just nuttiness, and you guys remember everything. You remember the the club names, the promoter yeah, names, I, where you stayed. I have no idea how you remember any of that shit. I don't either. <laughs> I'll tell you the funniest thing, man, is that I I told a kid on Sunday this the dirtiest joke I have ever heard in my life. <laughs> I mean, in my life, I can look and I'll see the girl's face that told me this joke. It was on a NoFX tour, and we were, like, out there. So I want to say it was, like, Scottsdale or somewhere out there. Uh-huh. And this girl is like, you want to hear a joke? And I said, yeah. She says, this is going to be the dirtiest joke you've ever heard. And I'm like, no way. I'm a horrible person. Let me hear this joke. <laughs> and she says, she says, why don't you eat pussy in the morning? And I said, what? And she said, think about it. Have you ever tried to pull apart a grilled cheese? And I was like, oh, damn. Oh, God <laughs> and damn. That, and I have never, I've never recovered from that scarring statement <laughs> in my, I'm telling you, dude, that was 30 years ago. And I'm still like devastated by it. My God. Oh, my God. My, my kids get older. I'm going to sit them down and tell them that fucking joke. <laughs> <laughs> It's not even really a joke. It's just a disgusting fact. I guess. <laughs> Damn. Now it's all come to light. Now I understand. That's what it really was. It was no joke. It's the truth. It's like, probably trying oh. to warn you or something. I don't know. It was a pickup line. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That didn't work out so well. Huh? We've had wow. so, so many shows that are like stories in themselves <laughs> yeah like it's Dude, hey, hey <laughs> phil i i gotta i just thought of something and you told me this before and i forget the whole story but i remember it was hilarious you guys were on tour with tilt yes and you're driving past them on oh, the highway yeah. and you did something 
they started it. That's all I gotta say. So, so yeah. What happened was we were driving out. We we'd already played the show, and it's like a night drive. We're going to the next town or something like that. And Matt was driving <coughs> driving the van, and I'm in the back, and I just see what I think is like a bird flies into the cab through the window. I'm like, what the fuck? There's a white bird flying around, and then Matt's like, fuck, and he he pulls over. And I'm like, what? What is going on? And he goes, I just got hit in the face with something. And we turn all the lights on. It was a, they had taken a can of refried beans and put it in a paper <laughs> towel. And as they, th- they didn't realize the window was down. So when they threw it, it smacked Matt right in the face. It with a can of refried beans and a paper towel. And I, the paper towel is what I, I, that's what I thought was a bird because it was kind of like flapping when it went through the air. And I'm like what the fuck and yeah so we we pulled over and I, somewhere i actually have a picture of matt with a gas station squeegee squeegee and beans <laughs> off the side of our van in the middle of the night and so we decided oh fuck, fuck that shit we're getting them back you know so the next day while they were on stage we went outside and they had left their van unlocked or something because i took a, a old dirty sock and a dumped a can of tuna fish and a big ass spoonful of peanut butter and tied it in a knot in a sock and i shoved it underneath their passenger seat in the front and didn't say anything about it and they discovered it probably like five or six days later like what the (laughs) fuck is that smell (laughs) yeah you know i don't i don't know if bands still do that kind of stuff to each other anymore but back in the 90s the late late 90s there was this weird trend of bands pranking each other when they were on tour together and i remember one of the good ones i, I want to say it was Guttermouth and the vandals and i don't know which one did what to each other but somebody went to a pet store and bought like a hundred crickets and dumped it in their cracked window oh. of their van and they <laughs> scattered all throughout the van and so nobody knew anything about it until until it got dark and they all started chirping, <laughs> and they were trying to sleep. I think sleep. it was gutter mouth. I think it was gutter mouth, yeah. And they were trying to sleep in their van, and it was just like, oh, yeah, crickets all over. You're never, <laughs> never getting rid of 100 crickets. No chance. No, no, no. It's like when people put marbles in the dash, so every time you turn a corner, you just hear like 10 or 20 marbles rolling around. Yeah, good times. I used to have a – my car used to have this like – you pick this, the back seats would lift up a little bit. And there's compartments oh, in yeah. there, you know? Yeah. And uh, somebody put golf balls in there. <laughs> and they were Without you knowing about it. <laughs> yeah, um, I, don't, I don't remember why they were there, but I kept finding them. You know, I'd take a golf ball out. What the fuck? And then the next day, like, goddamn golf balls. Oh, shit. That's hilarious. <clears throat> oh, my God. Oh. But I... I I didn't know you, you, you toured with Tilt. That was obviously like a Fat Records tour well, or something. Yeah, but. well, we did all of our T-shirts through Cinderblock back in the day. So that was, Cinder oh, and yeah, Jeffrey yeah. Had, had the T-shirt company that did a lot of the Fat Records stuff. And yeah, they were on Fat. So we were kind of part of the same record label family. Cool. And uh, But part of that tour was went through Canada. And we didn't know and didn't tell them that we can't get into Canada. So... <laughs> so they went across the border and we got stopped and i was keith i don't know if you remember was that the time that i got arrested at the border where they put me in a cell dude that was or was that <laughs> playing in utters that you no dude this is 
That was when they took you, then they took Matt, then they took Heather, then they took the truck, and it was me and our merch guy standing there uh, <laughs> with our thumbs in our asses, no <laughs> fucking missing three fifths of the whole, you know, convoy and no vehicle at a payphone. Like, <laughs> I mean, and you're not even in a country. You're between, like, they got you yeah. rid of you at one place and they won't let you in the next <clears> place. <throat> you're in yeah. beauty land. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, what? they're like, oh, they have found like a collar Heather had. And they're like, oh, yeah, this is a weapon. And oh, yeah. Like, you had a knife. Somebody oh, I, gave no, you a I, knife. I had, I had a switchblade that somebody gave me at a show at the Fireside Bowl. And I, it had been with me the whole tour. And I was like, fuck, the switchblade. And so as we're driving up to the border, I pitched it out the window on the interstate. So they didn't they didn't catch me with it. But I was pissed. I had to throw that switchblade away. But um, that was the one where... <laughs> We're in there, and I start getting sassy because I'm like, I'm pissed off that they're delaying us and shit. And I'm like, dude, what's the big deal? Like, you guys have a picture of the Queen of England on the wall right behind you. We can get into England. What's the fucking problem? Like, <laughs> you know, like, like I couldn't. So because because I was being unruly or whatever, they were like, okay, you need to go in this holding cell until the Mounties come and decide what to do with you. And I'm like, what the fuck? And so they put me in a cell, but they left the key in the door. And so, and it's behind, there's a guy sitting, there's a guy sitting at a desk, right? And I can see Matt and Heather and everybody, like they're sitting in these chairs facing the guy, but I'm behind him. So I can see them and they can see me, but the guy at the desk has no idea what I'm doing behind him. I reached through the fucking bar and unlocked the door and came out and I'm dangling. I'm like kind of tiptoe dancing around behind the guy dangling the key over his head. And everybody's got this look like they're bug eyed going, mm -mm, mm -mm, get back in the God damn it. No, get back in there. And I was like, so I tiptoed back in and locked myself back in the cell. <laughs> yeah. so, like, it's like Totus from fucking Andy Griffith. <laughs> yeah, the, the drunk that has the key to the cell. Yeah. So, uh, so yeah, they. I don't know. They eventually came and they they denied us entry. So we ended up driving to like Detroit or something. And or no, was that the one we drove to Cleveland and ended up hanging out at yes. Pat Hermite's house? Yeah. Yes. So yeah, and the whole time Tilt is having to explain to every show like, well, Tino's were supposed to be here, but something happened at the border. I'm like, oh yeah, something happened at the border, all right. But um, yeah, so that we were never allowed back in. I still haven't been to Canada since we went with Mr. T Experience. What happened in what's the Mr. T Experience that you guys got kind of banned? From oh Canada? no, that was because we got in a fight on the No Effects tour. No, no use for name and No Effects oh, and. That's Went Winston Salem and it, it ended up on our criminal records. So gotcha. it had nothing okay. to do yeah. with Canada again, and they still were like, "Oh yeah, yeah. you know, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah." I remember that story, dude. That's like one of the craziest ones. Oh, you, yeah. Matt, and Heather all got arrested. Yep. Keith, dude. somehow didn't get arrested when he took off running. You know why? Because I'm a <laughs> I'm a good alcoholic. I was sitting at the bar, <laughs> and me and Philip got into it with this kid at the first of it before even anything really started. Some assholes mouthing off to Philip. And so we kindly escorted him out the side of the barn door, um, out of the venue, <laughs> and then polite, we went back. Polite way to say, yeah, it, yeah, we were very, yeah, we, you know, we we asked him to leave and not return, and so that was what had started, you know, the evening's events. And so at the end of the night, I'm just like housing it up at the bar as usual, 
and so somebody comes in i think it's like one of the guys from no use there's some somebody comes in and like dude give me your jacket i'm like what the fuck you want for my jacket man that's my get off of me and he's like no give it to me what the fuck he's like there are police outside there's a fucking riot going on people are swinging beer bottles and mag lights and shit and you're sitting here at the bar they're gonna see your jacket and try to kill you and the whole time, dude, I've just been sitting there just getting hammered. I have no idea any of this shit's going on. I mean, not a bit of it. I didn't see a flashing light. I didn't see anything. You know, like, the next light I would have seen would have been one telling me, you can't, got to go home, but you can't stay here kind of shit. I had no fucking idea. You ended up I in mean, the, I missed it the, all. You ended up in NoFX's bus. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That that's That's where I ended up. And, and as you guys are trying to, like... <laughs> that was Paul trying to drive you guys out. Yeah. And yeah, and you guys are trying to in the back of the truck and then uh, I guess they stopped you and said, "Serious, about the vehicle." Yeah, cuz there were there was people climbing all over the hood covered in blood and they're ripping the windshield oh. wipers off and pounding on the window. Dude, and he's like, I, right. "I can't I can't get through. I can't get through." I said, "Punch it. Just fucking mow him down." He's like, "I can't do that. Those are actual people." <laughs> like, I don't give a yeah. fuck. Just punch it, you know. So. <laughs> And then we had to come like up here or something the next week or two, and we had no driver's side fucking windshield wiper because some asshole ripped it off. <laughs> <laughs> well, that was after I had to wash all the blood off the hood. It looked like we hit it. it looked like we hit a deer. Yeah, you know, it, yeah, it, <laughs> it did. It was like Joe Pesci in uh, fucking uh, <laughs> in Goodfellas. Like, yeah, we hit a deer. I need to get their knife out there and cut it the rest of the way out. <laughs> yeah, 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 absolutely. <laughs> Oh, yeah. So, Keith, did you have to go pick him up in jail or what? No, dude. I, Mike, it was funny because Mike was absolute. I mean, everyone is drinking all night. And the next thing I know, he's got a cardboard box. Like, he's high. he has a beer bottle in the inside of his jacket pocket and a cardboard box stuffed full of cash. And, like, he's like, let's go get him. <laughs> I mean, he just, like, took a handfuls of merch cash and shoved it in a fucking cardboard box. Like, and he didn't have, like, a, it wasn't like he was going with a credit card or nothing. He just had a box of cash to see what he could get out of jail. And he ended up coming back with the fucking one person we didn't want, and it was the roadie. <laughs> the, one, the one that wouldn't run the people over. We don't yeah. want him back. You can keep him. Yeah. Oh, my. Yeah, the best part was when we were we were being processed in the jail. And, uh, I mean, he did not get along with us at all on that tour. And he was, like, ready to kill us all because he was straight edge. And we were, like, total fucking insane partiers, you know. And by the end of it, he was ready to kill us all. And uh, we're sitting there face-to-face, -face, both handcuffed. And I'm like, so, how do you like touring with us so far? <laughs> <He's> like... <laughs> I don't want to talk about that shit right now. Like he was mad. Yeah. Fuck. Oh my god. And he he was covered in tattoos, like all over his fingers and everything. And none of us had any tattoos at the time. And so, um, when they processed him at the jail, they had to go through every single tattoo on his body and question him what it meant and all this kind of shit, dude. He was so mad. He was fucking pissed, dude. Paul, oh that fucking guy. It was Ben Weasel's roommate, by the way. Yeah. Oh, yeah, really? yeah, he was the yeah. he was the roadie for the Riverdales, and he was like we used to say he was Ben's butler, and he was pissing off. <laughs> <laughs> that shit was crazy. 
you know, like that uh, Teenage Bottle Rocket, I guess, is playing the show too. And one thing I remember from like way back in the day touring is that we were the first people to get Cody to drink. Oh, like, God. That guy. And oh now, my God. I mean, <laughs> dude, I just remember him being just hammered and playing just like like three notes and going kickstart my heart over and over and over. <laughs> I forgot about that. Oh my God. The, the night I remember then the night we got Cody to drink was at Scotty retreads house after we had played oh a show God. in Muncie Indiana and we ended up back at Scotty retreads house and everybody was getting drunk and, and, Cody was like, I want to try that beer. You know, <laughs> he's like an innocent kid, you know. And we're like, oh, mm-hmm. shit. All right. And so I've never in my life seen somebody drink so much beer so fast. I mean, he must have killed a 12-pack in about 15 minutes. I don't know how he did that shit, but he got <laughs> fucked up. I mean, like, it was it was hilarious. And he, we were drinking Bush for whatever fucking reason. And he had a can of Bush in each pocket. And he would pull them out like they were guns. And he's like, I got the blue steel, you know, because the, the, the cans are blue, you know. So he's like, I got blue steel. And then the Lillington's album comes out, and they got a song called Blue Steel. I'm like, no way, dude. But uh, and so he, it, it was like it was like the like in Elf, how he, he's like so innocent, you know, like yeah, yeah. the whoever plays. He's like, this stuff is great, man. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, and Scotty Retread got fucking wasted, and he had this guitar. And he's like trying to break it over his own head. Like I don't know what what he was saying. And Cody, <laughs> Cody being the nice guy that he is, he goes, "Hey, buddy, I'll help you do that." And he takes the guitar and rears it back. I'm like, "No, you're gonna fucking kill him, dude!" Yeah. So we had to, we had to take the guitar away from Cody, and uh, and then some, somehow, and I don't know what ever happened. I never saw this picture, but some Scotty was taking pictures of me and Cody, and I think it might have been Tim and Corey from the Lunatics. Um, posed as the the gatefold cover of the first Danzig album, you know that that picture of John Christ and we're like imitating that pose, and I'm wearing sunglasses and shit. But I would kill to see that picture, man. And, um, but the oh, next shit. day, uh, we we meet up with the Lillingtons at the next venue, and I'm like, "Hey, Cody, how you feeling today?" He goes, "That beer's because that beer's the devil's tool." <laughs> I'm fucking, <laughs> oh my god dude that was like that had to have been one of my favorite people to just just ruin their future i mean wow that, so that was the that was awesome that oh tour that tour was we were touring on pucker up and they had just come out with death by television and so we're all over the country on that tour all over canada this is before we were banned from canada so um, I mean, there was nights we played for five people, or some nights we played for each other. Yeah, you know, like we were the only people there in the audience at all. And it's kind of funny to think about those records are kind of considered like big deals now. But yeah, yeah, dude. yeah and legendary albums. Uh, that that tour was a trip. And dude, you remember? Okay, they were with us, and we ended up in San Francisco on that tour, and didn't have anywhere to stay. Like we didn't know anybody because we weren't from the West Coast, and neither were they. So. We didn't really know anybody, so I contacted um, Joey Cape from Lagwagon, and he's like, dude, we're in Brazil, but um, 
I'm, I left a key with a friend, and they're going to leave the key for you. So you just take full run of my house until we get back. <laughs> and so we we get, had Joey's house. At Joey's awesome. house. Yeah, yeah. So we had keys to his house, free reign of the refrigerator and whatever the hell we wanted to do, you know. And we were there one night, and the eyeliners were with us, too, at one point. But um, yeah. for some reason, uh, Corey and I, from the, Corey from the Lillingtons and I decide we're hungry and we want Chinese food. So we were like, there's a Chinese restaurant right down the street. So we walk down there and we walk in and it's like 10 o'clock at night. And I walk in and all the chairs are up on the table. Like they're trying to close. Like the chairs are up on the tables. They're done for the night. And uh, they're like, oh, we're not open no more. You know, like they're trying to tell us that it's done for the night. And I'm like, fuck that shit. Let's trash this rat hole. And so me and Corey start grabbing chairs and throwing them like all over the fucking room. Like we just fucking went ape shit crazy in this Chinese restaurant, just trashing the place, flipping over tables and everything. And then we left. I'm like, how did we not get arrested, dude? Like, or how did we not get shot? You know, I mean, this, that was totally rude. <laughs> to do that. Totally rude. Like, we're trying to dude. close. I'm like, fuck that shit. Let's trash this rat hole. And so for the the rest of the tour, whenever we would get to a venue that was kind of like run down, shitty dive bar, Corey'd look at me and go, fuck this shit. Let's trash this rat hole. I'm like, oh god. <laughs> man, oh man. You can't fuck with Philip and his food though. Like he got. He had had a long day and was trying to order a fillet of fish at like a mall food court. And he said, "Uh, McDonald's, yeah. And so he's like, "Uh, no tartar sauce. They hand that motherfucker back. It could have been just a fillet of tartar sauce. And he squeezes it at the counter. And like going between the singers, I said, no tartar sauce. Yeah, that that poor poor girl had, she had nothing to do with it, but. When I opened it up and it looked like quadruple tartar sauce, I just I squeezed it. It was running, <laughs> dripping off my elbow, and I said, "I said no tartar sauce," and I threw it as hard as I could back into the kitchen at the whoever had made it. And that girl was terrified, dude. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god. Oh my- I guess I, I was hangry, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Betty White <laughs> needed a Snickers bar or something. <laughs> yeah, Snickers. Yeah. Uh, so, oh yeah. damn! I can't Good believe times. the stories that you guys have. It's just like never ending. Oh man, dude, it could be like just pick a random day. There's gonna be some kind of fucked up shit that happened. You know, it's like every fucking day. Why do you think I have kids? My wife got so sick of me telling stories. She's like, I will have children so somebody else can listen to this shit. <laughs> That's how I got kids. <laughs> yeah. I was speaking of shitholes and stuff. Remember uh, Taco Land in San Antonio? Oh, so this, this dude that lived there, he had, seriously, he lived there. He didn't have a bathroom. He shit and pissed in a bucket. Next, and to, then, next to his bed, yeah. And his name was Apache Ed. He was an old Apache Indian in his 80s, and he he was the caretaker of this dive bar, you know, and he lived in a closet, basically. And we show up, and he's got throat cancer, and he can can barely talk. He's like, you go down to the store and get me some beer. And like, um, okay. And so we go down to the store, and I just grab, like, a 24-pack off of those, like, when you stack them up like a pyramid, you know, that's not even in the cooler. He didn't tell me, bring me cold beer. He just said, bring me beer. So 
I come back with a 24-pack. He rips it open and chugs one. He goes, God damn it, who brought this hot fucking beer? Like, he starts raising up. He's drinking hot, like, room-temperature beer on throat cancer. And he was fucking pissed. But, um, yeah, we ended up being there for, like, what, like four days or something? Hanging out yeah. with this. He was basically a homeless dude that lived in a closet at this club. And we hung out with him for a few days, and the last day we actually played the show at the club. We just had a bunch of shows fall through before that, and ended up sleeping on the roof of the building. Like, Jeez. yeah, it was totally yeah. nuts. We sometimes we would live like homeless people. <laughs> if you really oh. think, you really think about it, you know. Dude. Yeah, I mean, we were in like Florida. I remember because we were at a rest stop, and I saw David Lee Roth there, and remember, I like. I was so hot in the truck and we were sleeping there that I actually got out and slept on the pavement because it was cooler than sleeping <laughs> in the truck. <laughs> so I was sleeping in the parking lot on the ground <laughs> because it was cooler than fucking sleeping. I mean, it was, dude, it was hot. It was years before we figured out that if we put a dryer hose out the window and drive fast, <laughs> it will make air go into the back. <laughs> Like breathable air, and, and then sometimes it met a felica. Yeah, and then I, I, I just I discovered that if we mounted a little box in the middle of that hose and filled it full of ice, it'd be cold air. Yeah, <laughs> Dude, it was like the it little rascals. From, it was like the little rascals yeah. built this contraption. Oh my god! You know? Oh my god, dude, that was. I mean, seriously, because you would have to hook one end of it, like underneath it, with the truck. We had like the big side windows that you would have would have like the the A frame kind of. So you'd stick this dryer hose. It would go behind each one of the seats in the front, and then stick out the window and hook onto those things. <laughs> so as you're driving, wind is going at the rate of speed that your truck is going. So you're driving <laughs> 70, you know. And then we teed it off at everyone's. We had like stadium bunks back there, right? So we teed it off. At everyone's bunk of the head and the feet. So you got a four inch dryer hose with a T at the head and the foot of everybody's bunk, and you're doing 70 miles an hour. <laughs> you want to talk about a fucking wind tunnel, man? <laughs> you go through the Mojave, it's like a flamethrower coming through. <laughs> and then I, I realized we probably should put some kind of screen on that because it was just scooping <laughs> bugs, oh, shit. scooping bugs up and shooting them right in your face as you're trying to sleep. But, uh, <laughs> I remember you were you were driving, Keith, and we pulled up to a uh, toll booth, and they're like, "What in the hell is that?" Like, because they had, they had these hoses with these screens on, them, and you go, "It's a rocket launcher." <laughs> Back then, it didn't matter. You know what I'm saying? You could say crazy shit. You can't say these days, but yeah, yeah. it was a fucking rocket launcher. And you just look at people, and they like, they're like. Man, these motherfuckers are crazy enough. It might be serious. <laughs> Have a nice day. Pull on through, sir. All right. Good Your filet of fish will be over there. Oh, my God. Hey, Keith, I, w I was telling you my first Teen Idol show was uh, summer of 95, 7th Street Entry. And, uh, mm, Phil, yeah. I, I remember the story you told me about the van getting there from Green Bay over to Minneapolis. Oh yeah, where we we threw a rod and all the oil was coming on the, <laughs> the inside coal of the windshield. miners. Yes. Yeah, we looked like coal miners Holy when we showed up. We were all black and our voices were fucking fried from breathing smoke like all <laughs> night long. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh my god, just uh 
I mean, yeah. it was it was spraying oil. Like we'd have to get out. That that man, that truck was it, it was good to us because we blew a like we put a lot of oil in a little amount of miles on that <laughs> tour. Then our gas gauge broke, so we just had to remember how many miles we had and hope we made it to two hundred, and then hope we paid attention that it was two hundred and blow and get gas. I mean, we yeah we uh. That was that man. That was a good show, though, dude. I just I remember that. This it was a hell of a lineup: Boris, Teen Idols, and Queers, and Dancehall Crashers. Dancehall yeah, Crashers. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You think about that it was almost thirty years ago. I had to do the math really quick, and my dude. kids asleep yeah, yeah. to help me. So Keith, it, you had just joined the band at that time, right? Yeah, yeah. That was my first. Yeah. Fucking tour. You know, at all, we had nine days. First day was in Cleveland, nine hours to get there. I remember going, damn, $25 to park in this motherfucker? What? And that was, man, well on our way. It, it was crazy. Yeah. Some uh, talking about 30 years ago, 1998, we were touring with the, uh, the Groovy Ghoulies and the Donnas on the West Coast, and there's a video that just was posted, like, last week of B-Face and Keith fighting it out for the championship belt backstage dude, dude I, I saw that yeah yeah Did dude. You? yeah oh my god this this has been a long coming feud even because we used to stay at b-face's house whenever we were in boston and somehow keith and b-face started this competition of who's the baddest you know like who's the tougher guy and and it never it was all talk until that night and we actually laid money down. You know, when the money yeah, came yeah. out, it's like now it's serious, motherfuckers. And yeah, <laughs> oh my god, it's yeah. Watch the video; it's on YouTube. Uh, something about backstage play fight, B Face and Keith. If you hunt yeah, that yeah. down, you will find it, and it's hilarious. Keith is yeah, relentless in that thing. I, 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 I myself was like, I mean, I knew the things <clears throat> that took place, and uh, I didn't know that was ever filmed. I didn't either. I just like it was like one of those things that was like legend, you know, yeah. like that it, no one would ever believe that it ever happened unless you saw it. And yeah. now it's on. T I'm like, oh my god, I don't believe that happened. I have just, still, I thought, still I, photographs of that incident, but I didn't know somebody had a camera out. You know, that's I didn't awesome. either. I didn't know they made cameras back then. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was in '98. Somebody over there with a fucking. You know, like a court reporter, they got a pencil and a pad, you know, trying to sketch it, all the frames. <laughs> so was that the end of the feud? Had you won that at that point? Or what? I, I believe that that was it, wasn't it? I, th I think that was it. I, I think that was the final final thing. I, I just, when I looked, when I, I saw the video, I'm like, man, that guy must have been a real pussy. Because, <laughs> I mean, holy shit, man. Who be Oh, my God. Yeah. Oh, because I, I sent that. You thought I was talking about me. Huh? <laughs> I, sent, I sent that video to B-Face, and he goes, I'm glad I'm not that person anymore. I said, yeah, that's what happens when you have your testicles removed. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's, all, it's all good fun. You know, they're still, yeah. we're, we're friends forever, and so we just like to give each other shit sometimes. And that also in that video, uh, the girl in the green leather jacket is uh, Anne, isn't it? It's, yeah, Anne Lapore from the Machine Shop. So, so a lot of people don't know she, we've been we've known her for thirty years. I mean, it's damn near thirty years, probably. Yeah, 
crazy. Stop telling how old we are. You've got to stop. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they're th- three years. That's what I meant to say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, my God. So, hey, Keith, I'm, I'm interested, yeah. like, how did you I – don't, I don't know if Phil's ever told me, but how did you, how did you get into Teen Idols? Oh, like, were you in man. a band before Teen Idols or – yeah, I mean, it was just, you know, the right place at the right, you know, shit happens for a reason, you know, in the right place in the right time. And I was in this band. I'd never been in a band before. And I just, I was a golfer growing up. I was supposed to go and play golf for my whole life, go to college, all this shit. And I'm like, you know what? I don't want to do it anymore. I want to get in a band. I want to play punk rock. And so I found these guys and I was like, oh, this will be great. And they were full on just all we care about is just getting hammered all the time. And I'm all about like partying. But, at you know, it's like 10 o'clock on a Saturday morning. I'm driving to practice 10 o'clock on a Saturday morning. And you're like really, really wasted. And I'm all new at this kind of thing still, you know, like as far as and I had just had it. I was like, you know what? You guys get shit together and give me a shout. And so, you know, I just was like. I just couldn't do that. That was not, you know, they, it just wasn't the direction I wanted to go. I didn't know what direction I wanted to go. But then I knew that the guy that was singing for Teen Idols before me had gotten a job. I was actually friends with him. He had gotten this job and he was didn't think that them going on tour was going to be in his best interest because he was... Was he like a perfume salesman? He became yeah, or something. Door. And he was He's selling perfume door to door, and that was more important yeah. than going on tour. So I was like, "Well, I really don't got too much going on." And I was like, "I think I was like, uh, Philip, I'd like to sing in your band." And so, you know, he he said, "All right, that sounds great, and we'll see what we can do." And then after that, I guess, I guess, uh, you know, that's that's just how it happened. Keith, I don't, I broke know, I don't my know. Way. I don't know if you remember this or knew that this ever happened, but I met you before that at a party where Steve Saxon, our second drummer, um, you guys were all partying with I don't know those the Hunters Lane crew or whatever, and yeah. uh, and this was when our first singer Matt Benson was leaving the band before we had gotten Keaton in the band and. Uh, you had heard that we were looking for a singer and you're like, dude, I want to do it. I want to try out. I want to try out. And you're like talking to me all excited at this. I'm at the door of this apartment and you're in the apartment talking to me out while I'm outside the door. And Steve was standing behind you, shaking his head no and running his hand across his throat like, fuck no, 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 no. <laughs> I don't know if you ever knew that happened. But he was like, no, no idea, dude, man. not that guy. He's nuts. You know, like, oh, okay, yeah. Nope, no idea. <laughs> Which is like you should have listened to him the whole time, huh? Yeah, hindsight, huh? Oh, that's fucking so, hilarious. Yeah. So you, so you almost could have been in the band before Keaton. We ne- never would have had Keaton in the band if you had joined You right know, <laughs> that's the thing, though. I mean, yeah, but I'm a firm believer. It's not like... You know, karma is shit I used to do to my grandparents, and that's why my kids abuse me, you know, kind of thing. But <laughs> fucking, uh, 
you know, I used to throw ice cubes at my grandpa who was in the shower, you know, and like he was the greatest ever. But I still, <laughs> he'd be in the shower, man, and I'd go in there with a glass of ice, and it would happen so much, he would know his coming to be like, no, 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 no. no. I mean, we're not talking ice water. I'm talking about just a glass of ice cubes and just throw them over. Oh, God. Holy shit. So, so, and you know, like I went to private school, you know, like for 12 years and I'm in there fucking chucking ice cubes at my fucking grandpa. Like, yeah. Mm -hmm. All right. So, So, um, the band, the band that Keith was in before Teen Idols was called Brutus Fly. And, uh, I played bass for them on a couple of shows, but you weren't in the band yet. That was their other singer. Nope. And uh, they actually pressed a seven inch that I have all those copies. I don't know if you know that, Keith, but uh, our friend Dave had them for a long time. He goes, I don't want these anymore. Like, you want them? I'm like, fuck yeah. So I took all of the copies that they never sold, and I have them. Uh, I think they're at my mom's house in storage or something. But yeah, I have all those. I might end up reselling those through the website or something one of these days. Yeah, I'll make. Yeah, you a, should. I mean, I have, I have some of them. You should just, yeah. Yeah, it'd be interesting. I think people great. would like to hear that because it's the only other thing you've ever done other than Teen Idols, as far as singing. Well, I don't know if that's, you know, I don't really know at what point you could start to call what I was doing singing, but I don't know that that there was me on an album and there was. I was just there. We'll say that. Now, whether what came out of my mouth could be classified as singing <laughs> or any sort of notes on on a noted scale, yeah. I don't know, man. Uh, that was uh, their drummer <laughs> was actually the the band leader, and his name was uh, Lee Reasonover, and he ended up being one of my really good friends. We would hang out all the time, and uh, our actually the Let's Make Noise record is dedicated to him because he died right before that came out. Mm. Um, but Lee was, he was crazier than any of us. I mean, you talk about crazy stories of us doing shit. Lee lived that shit. He showed up one time in my house and he was kind of squinting out of one eye. I'm like, what happened to your eye, man? He goes, oh, I got stabbed in the eye with a barbecue fork. I'm like, what the fuck? He goes, I was talking shit to this fucking guy at a barbecue and he stabbed me in the face with a fork and poked me in the eye. Like, what the hell? Hey, that guy was crazy. Philip is not, he is not exaggerating at all. Like, this motherfucker would come home to his girlfriend and she, he'd be all wasted and try to fuck her. And she was having none of it. So he would just start jerking off like all the time. He said that one night she painted his dick blue when he passed out. (laughs) (laughs) One of the funniest stories about him was um, so Janelle, our first bass player, and I lived together in an apartment. And uh, she worked at an animal hospital, and she had a coworker, and they were both they were both overweight, right? So they they wanted to lose weight, and they had this plan that they were going to come over to the apartment and do these exercise videos, you know. So that was she, the same time she was getting up and making the donuts at Dunkin' too. <laughs> she, yeah, she did. She worked at Dunkin' Donuts too. That's right. But um, but so. So she tells me, she's like, okay, I got a friend who's coming over from work and we're going to exercise and she doesn't feel comfortable. You know, we, we lived in an efficiency apartment. It was one room, <laughs> one room with a bathroom. And so she's like, she doesn't feel comfortable with you being here and us exercising. Can you be gone? You know, like when we get home and I'm like, yeah, so that's not a problem. So Lee comes over before she gets home and, and I'm telling him, Hey man, I, like when they get home from work, we got to go because they want to work out or whatever. And they don't feel comfortable, you know, 
exercising in front of some dudes. <laughs> and so he's like, all right. And so she walks in the door, and the first thing, this guy would say whatever the fuck was on his mind. He goes, is this the fat girl that wants to work out? I was like, oh, dude, what the fuck, man? Like, that was Lee. I mean, he, that was that was yeah. just who he was, you know? And that, that is right up there. I mean, seriously. Never a dull moment with him, dude. Like, it was constantly. That's why I loved hanging out with him, because you never knew what the fuck was going to happen. He would say anything to anybody. And it was like, you could be in a fight. Like, it was just nuts, man. But yeah, that was the drummer of the band that, that Keith was in before Teen Idol. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Crazy. Oh, man. Well, Keith, you are uh, the voice of Teen Idols, dude. Like, you know, even the full length that you weren't on, it's, I still like that record. But, man, the three records that you were on, there's just something about those records. It's magic, you know? He's the classic. Uh, it's it's Philip's songwriting. Oh, it's yeah, always yeah. been like he's he's able to put it like on paper and make it like such a great song and then just like help me like, it was always a big thing too that we would do it's funny because Philip would write songs and the vocals would be almost out of my range. Like some of the notes <laughs> they're a little high, yeah. You know. Yeah, a little high, and so it was like, man, can we just dial this down, you know, drop it? He's like, no, you know, like, this is what <laughs> we wrote it. This is how it needs to go, but no, I'm getting to a good spot here. <laughs> is And I'd always be like, damn, this is going to be a real nutbuster, and then we'd play a set, and I'd be like, motherfucker, you can't put this song and this song together, because it is going to kill me. So I... I <laughs> I heard, I was listening to some podcasts the other day, and it was when No Effects is going to be on their last tour, and it was, uh, I think, Smelly, somebody had said that one thing that that uh, that they did is it was a lower, you know, in lower keys of some of the songs were written, and that it didn't seem as aggressive as they would have liked it sometimes, because it was more of a, it was, when you have um, the when you're singing in a higher voice it sounds more excited and more like impactful and stuff so that's you know like i don't know if i'm conveying exactly yeah, what i'm yeah, trying yeah, to convey here it. but you see what i'm saying yeah. it's like man philip wrote some amazing songs and 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 like not just with it, it, musically vocally you know the everything about it is what made us be able to do what we did and i man you might put me up there and singing all the songs and stuff, but I would never, it never happened without Philip. I'm telling you. I appreciate you saying that, man. Dude, you guys did a lot in like the uh, the short time that you guys were around. I mean, besides touring and stuff. I mean, you got you put out a lot of records, dude. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean the the total life of like the band, the band's active years was only eleven years. It was 11 years from not because we started in 92 and officially broke up in 2003. So, yeah, I mean, it's 11 years isn't really that long of a time to have that. No, many. no. But you also you consider like the first four years were really nobody knew who the fuck we were because we'd never been outside of town, you know? Yeah, yeah. So, that's yeah, about, a, yeah, that's about, a big eye opener. That, yeah. like oh, you yeah. were saying about someone's, you know, band before, how you do really well in your hometown and then you go outside and you realize we're not shit 
And mm -hmm. then the turning point was when you come back to your hometown and there are people that kind of think that, oh, well, these motherfuckers. Everybody hates you. Like, <laughs> yes. Then you know yeah. you're going in the – I'm serious, man. You, you've that made That is it. when you know. Yeah. You know you're going in the right direction when the people that loved you and they packed the fucking house of 300 people, you know, then those people are like, ah, these motherfuckers, you know. Yeah, they and think they're all that. Yeah. yeah. And that is when I'm serious. I'm fucking serious, man, because then I look back at the last show, like when we went and played our album release um, from the self-titled back there, that shit was nuts. Oh, yeah. You know, like that that motherfucker then it was like the next round of people were like damn these motherfuckers are good yeah and, and it was that was like where it really started to take off and and the people that thought that we had sold out and all this kind of shit you know didn't realize we we're playing for root beer and chicken <laughs> you know what I mean? yeah, right like these yeah. motherfuckers yeah. they think they're all that it's like dude we're struggling out here man we're just trying to right. make something of ourselves dude. you know we fucking, we tour nine months a fucking year. And that doesn't mean people think that, oh, well, you tour nine months, you're home for three. No, motherfucker. We would tour nine months a year. And that means that we didn't really have places that we necessarily had that we called home. We would be on the road for maybe six weeks. We'd go home for two weeks and somebody would call and Philip would be like, dude, we're picking you up in two days or later today and we're going out for fucking two months. That's like the way we did, dude. Like, like an indentured yeah. servant. Like, you don't have a choice. Yeah. We're leaving in two days. <laughs> yeah. We had the there, was no, there, was no, there was no voting on it or discussing like, no. hey, man, I can't do it then. Nope, you're getting in the fucking van and we're going. <laughs> yeah. There's an engine revving on a big-ass yellow truck smoke. <laughs> flowing out the back get outside i know who it is i know what we're doing oh, we had yeah. a merch guy for the first couple of tours and the whole deal with him is we never left town that he didn't have six cents in his pocket and that's all he ever left was <laughs> six cents <laughs> yeah and we just go man we just get we go and we pounded that fucking pavement and we put up flyers and we fucking did our time and we played for chicken and fucking root beer and we did what we had to do you know like to hard work you know it know. sucks for me to uh, like i don't really want to like it's great for the kids these days that they have all these resources like the internet and you know uh fucking google maps and all that shit but man when you have to do it with a pay phone and, and a quarter <laughs> and it, dude, that was a trucker. Man, that was a great day in Teen Idol's history when we could afford to get a fucking Rand McNally laminated page trucker <laughs> atlas map that wasn't like oh, yeah. folded open. You know, like oh, oh yeah. damn, somebody spilled beer on that last night. How are we going to get to where we're going today? <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, Jesus, That's that true. was uh, a lot yeah, of those. A that, lot of those early tours I booked myself. You know, so we. It was, oh, we were fully yeah. reliant on ourselves to do that stuff. Dude, like, it, 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 what? How many people do you think even have heard of Maximum Rock and Roll? Much less book your own fucking life, yeah, yep. where you call and get shows from somebody. That's how you play for chicken and root beer. <laughs> I, I guess our booking agent was using that same method because I don't know how the fuck she found that girl. <laughs> Here's a two-piece chicken, your 10%. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Damn. Oh, 
Yeah, but you guys, I mean, I saw you guys a bunch, and I, I know everybody, everybody I know, like, is, just loves Teen Idols. And, and... Not everybody. <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah. Put a poll out in Winston-Salem and tell me yeah. how it comes back. We, we have our share, and, you know, and that's another thing, like you're saying, you know, you know you've made it when you come home and everybody hates you. It's like, we've got our share of enemies all over the fucking world <laughs> just because of yeah. fucked up shit that we've done. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm always paranoid. Like, back in the day, I used to be paranoid, like, I hope our van's safe outside because, you know, sugar in the gas tank or somebody knifing our tires or some shit Dude, for some I, fucking revenge. <laughs> I honestly, I fucking play men's league hockey and sit in the corner of the locker room. Ben, people are real weird about it. I'm like, get the fuck out of my way. They're like, what is wrong with this guy? I don't want anyone to be able behind me. I want to be able to see all you motherfuckers. I'm serious, dude. I'm weird. Dude, I'm so weird about it that one is the only time I didn't make it because of snow. And they sent me a picture of a giant trash can they put in the seat in the corner of the locker room. And so nobody would sit there, even though I wasn't coming. That I didn't have to worry about somebody sneaking up behind me. <laughs> you is this the, your child? Do you remember when we when we played in Memphis at the New Daisy Theater? You remember oh, that show? So we yes. played we played the New Daisy Theater, and Memphis is a rough town. You know, like it's Ooh. really dangerous, and so. We pull up, and I'm like, dude, somebody's going to break in our car and steal all our shit or something. So I had this idea. There was a couple of homeless guys just kind of roaming around the parking lot, and I'm like, hey, man, will you watch our van for a T-shirt? And they're like, hell yeah. So I gave these guys <laughs> Teen Idols T-shirts, and they're in the parking lot. While we're inside playing, they were our security guard. It was homeless guys wearing Teen Idols shirts surrounding our van to make sure nobody stole anything. Like, what I'm the hell you, was I thinking, man? Like that's the I don't stupid, know. This is, but it worked. Nobody Dude, they, they took it on. Resourceful. Like, they took it on as their responsibility. <laughs> they were in charge. God damn exactly. it! Nobody's breaking in this truck because I got a shirt. You know, I was like, what? The that's hell? right. That's right, dude. That's resourceful shit right there. It is. Yeah. I'm telling you, man. Why you want to hire security when you can just do, you know, give this guy a t-shirt? You know, like that's way more than he made last year. I heard also, you guys play for it. chicken and root beer. They were looking yeah, for that's some right. Mexicans or something. That's exactly. Right. And I also, he would have done it for a drumstick. I, <laughs> I also was, uh, you know, I'm, I'm also an audio engineer, so I would get pissed if we played a show and the audio, the house audio guy sucked. Like the sound man was not, I was like, hey man, you got the rest of the night off. <laughs> so I would fire them and I would run our own sound. Like I would just set all the uh, levels and everything. And I was like, hey man, you're good, man. You can go home now. And they were like, what? I'm like, yeah, I got it from here, man. You can take off. <laughs> and so, wow. Yeah, I used to he fire not, Yeah, he's not bullshitting. He has fired several people from the stage. You're good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, that, that actually is a real deal. Like, I used to run sound while we played. Yeah, it was <laughs> crazy. Hey, Keith, I remember uh, Phil Phil talking about the mics back in the day, getting hit in the face with them and bleeding and shit. Oh, you got to have some stories oh, oh, oh. with the, that mic, man. Well, Philip, there was one night where he got hit in the face with it. Like, it just sounded like he dropped a pick or something, and I look over. He's just pouring fucking blood out, like right between his eyes, pouring oh, blood. Yeah, I've seen that picture. So, and he just, <laughs> yeah, so he just keeps playing. And I'm like, man, this motherfucker's hardcore. Okay. <laughs> so, uh, so this was like, 
we were in Europe, and I, for some reason, I was like, this tour, mm, I'm not going to drink starting this tour out. Yep. Mm-hmm. Let me tell you, buddy. I went four days into that <laughs> motherfucker, and these kids slipped on the floor or something happened, and they fell into the base of the mic stand, and that motherfucker hit me square in the mouth. Ugh. And it knocked out my, let's see, my three of uh, my front teeth are porcelain. And the one in the middle of my front teeth, it was hit it to where it was still hanging on in the back. So it was kind of dangling. So every time I would inhale, the air would hit the nerve of the tooth. And it was excruciating. And the whole time I'm thinking, like, I think Madge, somebody was like, you know, like, you're going to go. And I'm like, this motherfucker over here got hit square between the eyes of that mic, pouring blood. And he went to the emergency room with a Colt 45 across his nose. And I'm not going to stop. I just got a tooth cracked. What are you fucking kidding me, yeah. man? I so, you, and, you ran off the stage and went into the dressing room, and I followed you because I'm like, oh, fuck, dude. What happened? And you're like, you're like, look. And the front of your the tooth that was hanging by a nerve which was chipped at the bottom. I'm like, oh, dude, it's just a little chip. You'll be all right. And you're like, no, look. And you pushed it, and it like was like a fucking hinge, dude. Like, you pushed it, and it was yeah. like right at the gum line. It was cracked all the way across. It was just literally hanging by the nerve. I'm like, oh, fuck. And he went yeah, back out and was... kept singing. I'm like, what the fuck, dude? Like, we can we can call the show. And you're like, fuck that shit. Let's get <laughs> Like, goddamn. It was... That was a huge night that that happened because it led to like this series of things that we went to do the next album and we were in the studio and I did the whole album with no tooth. And so having to try to make sure and pull out all the whistle and stuff of when we were recording the vocals with no tooth was an ordeal. So we, I still had like one track, maybe two tracks to go on the album and we were going to shoot the video for midnight picture show so i didn't want to not have a tooth so i drove back from the from saiguana to nashville and they put this thing in my mouth it wasn't like a denture or something they just put like a slab of concrete kind of thing in there so there was just <laughs> something spackle. to fill the gap it's spackle yeah, it was, yeah it was just spackle but it was like really thick like it wasn't like thin as a tooth it was just like no shit like a slab in there so i went from no tooth to having fucking this just thing like it's like a cinder a tooth cinder block in my mouth and having to go do the show shoot the video and then come back to the studio and record with that monstrosity <laughs> in my fucking mouth to finish that album didn't so then they ended up getting that retainer for a minute didn't you uh and, yeah, and, and I got you, a retainer. And you threw it in the trash? <laughs> well, kind of. I had that motherfucker, and it was like $600 for this thing. It was like a plate with like two teeth on it. And I go to Vegas, and I'm like hammered. I'm like, oh, here, you guys got the best $2 steaks in the business. And so, like, <laughs> 3 o'clock in the morning, I decided I need to go to this buffet and get a steak. And I take the motherfucker out and put it in a napkin and show enough, I threw that motherfucker away. So <laughs> I spent $600 to have a fake tooth for about 36 hours <laughs> and threw that motherfucker away. <laughs> Trash. And then I was back to square one, no fucking tooth and a whistle. Yeah. <laughs> it was terrible. 
Oh my god. Yeah, anytime Those he was singing, whenever he was singing anything with an S, it was like, oh, oh. Was like, oh man. <laughs> you're getting so frustrated. Like, they got to do that again. There was a whistling. God damn it. Oh, <laughs> man, I'm <laughs> telling you. And we doubled the vocals. So let me tell you about that. Yeah, serious twice. thing. Yeah. Oh, oh god damn. Oh, man. Yep. So, Phil, I wanted to talk to you a little bit about what you've been doing lately, dude. You've been uh, you've been promoting shows down in Nashville, and you've resurrected Idle Time Records. Yeah. So, Idle Time Records. For those people that don't know, we used to have the uh, the Pogo Punk Crew fan club for Teen Idols, and I decided our first record was out of print. Nobody could get it anymore, but everybody kept asking for it. So I decided to press it myself in my idle time, you know, like when I was not busy. Yeah, but yeah. I spelled it I-D-O-L for Teen Idol. So I did the, uh, I repressed the old days, old ways, seven inch and added a bonus song that was only available on a comp. And uh, I pressed a thousand of them. And then we got busy touring and stuff, and I just never promoted it anywhere except for the fan club. And so when we finally broke up, I still had like 500 or something left, yeah. you know, and, and they sat in a box for 20 years, you know, 25 years or whatever. And then uh, you started selling them through, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, through Hey Pizza uh, website, and that was awesome because they'd just been sitting here forever. And so, um, as we started, I was like, I want to, I want to do something to help the music scene here in Nashville. And there's all these good bands, but I don't see anybody like helping them, you know. So, I wanted to just reactivate the label. Got some really good stuff actually coming out really soon. Hopefully by the end of the year. Um, and it's a, a local band called the Beat Creeps, and they have a single called The Phantom. And it's awesome. They're kind of like Nashville's answer to the cramps. And they're really cool. Oh, that's cool, dude. You've been hyping up uh, a couple of Nashville bands lately to me. Uh, oh, yeah. The Rip Taylors and Rip the Stevens. Rip Taylors, the Stevens. Yeah. Actually, the, Steve the Stevens were the first band that I actually talked to when I was deciding to restart the label. Um, there's every year, they, or sometimes multiple times during the same year, they'll have a thing called the Nashville Punk Rock Flea Market. And they have bands play, and people can uh, set up booths and sell, you know, stuff they've made or whatever. Sell old concert shirts or whatever. You know, they kind of have a lot. It's like a flea market for punk rock stuff. Yeah, yeah, cool. And uh, but they have live bands play, and so my mom actually saw that on Facebook or something. She's like, "Hey, do you, do you know about this?" And she sent me an email. I'm like, "What the hell is this? Like, how's my mom know about this shit and I don't?" You know, and, and so. I decided I was gonna look. I had never heard of any of the bands on the on the bill that were playing, and so I'm like, I need to know what's going on in this town, you know. So I started looking up all their band camps and YouTube and whatever, and I found the Stevens, and they were awesome. I'm like, oh shit, that band's great. And so I contacted them through Bandcamp, and I said, hey, I really like your stuff. Would you be interested in working with me on some music and stuff? You know, like I could produce some songs for you or whatever. And they wrote me back and they're like, "Holy shit, yeah, this is cool." And uh, we so, ended hey, up... dude, I gotta ask: Do they know who you are when you first reach out to them? Well, it, it's funny because he, uh, Seth, the lead singer, was the one I was talking to, and he's he's uh, um, older. You know, like he's in his 
I think he's in his 40s, maybe early 40s or something like that. And he uh, had just recently gotten back into punk rock. And I guess he, he went to go see the queers with the bass player. And it reignited this passion for like pop punk and, you know, Ramones core stuff in his, you know, they listened to it before, but he's like, dude, we need to do this. Like, this is awesome. And so they started a band after seeing the queers in like 2017 or something like that. And, uh, that's long after teen idols were already gone. And I don't think he knew who we were. And so he wrote to, he wrote to Patrick McVeigh and was like, Hey, some dude just approached me about doing some stuff. Some guy named Philip from a band called Teen Idols, and and Patrick was like, "LOL, yeah." And he's like, "Do you know him?" And he's like, "Yeah." <laughs> and he goes, "Who is he?" And he fucking sent him a bunch of our shit. And he goes, "Oh fuck, <laughs> like they're legit." And he's like, yeah. "Yeah, dude, you don't know who the fucking Teen Idols are." So, <laughs> so that was kind of funny. Now he knows. You know, he's done his homework and knows exactly what's going on. But um, that's they're also playing T1 Fest with the Rip Taylors, who I also... The funny thing about the Rip Taylors is they approached me when I first moved back to Nashville probably about nine years ago. I got an email from them, and they're like, hey, we're starting a band. It's kind of like Ramon's core type of band. Are you interested in playing bass? And I'm like, nah. You know, like <laughs> some little, little small-time band that's just getting started, and I'm not interested in that. And now I ended up signing them to my label and stuff because they're really good. Yeah, that's cool. I saw that video from the show just like, I don't know, a couple days ago? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I wish they had promoted that show because <laughs> they told me, like, hey, we're playing Sunday. I'm like, why didn't you tell anybody? Like, we could be promoting this. And he's like, oh, yeah, that might be a good idea. <laughs> so that's kind of where I'm stepping in is like a lot of these guys – are great they're great bands with great songs but they don't know the business end of it yeah, yeah. Like somebody needs to kind of take the reins and go okay if you're playing a show you need to let people know you know <laughs> and uh, yeah. so that's kind of where i step in and, and help a little bit with some yeah. of that stuff they're cool dude and patrick mcveigh plays in rip taylor's i don't he doesn't he write does. for him does he? he's just sort of playing bass i'm not sure if he writes his backing vocals or what but it's it's mainly mikey the lead singer it's i mean they're they're a band so they all have their hand in it but uh Dude, Patrick like McVeigh couldn't dude. write any more songs. There's no way. That guy's a fucking machine, <laughs> the, man. The, the well's got to be tapped at dude, some he's point. he's a good songwriter, too. I mean, it's not oh, like yeah. he's just turning out crap. Oh, yeah. Yeah, no, he does very good stuff. Actually, there's a band, um, another band that we just kind of, Patrick kind of discovered them and then played them for me. And I was like, they, they have great songs. They're called Owl Key. And he was recording a full album for them at his home studio. And... The weird thing about them is they, they're just guitar and drums as a two-piece, and I'm listening to them like, this could use bass, like, big time. They need a bass player with backing vocal abilities. And I talked to the guy, and he's like, yeah, I don't know. We are kind of thinking about just doing a two-piece. And I said, let me see if Pat would lay down some bass and sing some harmonies on some of this and, and <laughs> yeah. play it for you and see if you, what you think. And so he did, and they were like, oh, my God, this sounds amazing. Like, yeah, you guys need a bass player, man. <laughs> like, and, I, and he was like, well, what would it take for us to work with Idle Time? I'm like, a bass player. Yeah, <laughs> get a bass player <laughs> who can sing, or you take over on bass and get a couple of guitar players that can sing and be an actual real band, and you'd be a force to be reckoned with. So, hey, I don't, I don't really like too many uh, two-person bands, right? Like, I just think it's just not, you know, there's just not... Not enough beef there or something. I don't know. 
but I checked out Aulki, and they're pretty fucking good, dude. Um, so you're hearing a bunch of local bands, and and it just it just hits you like you just want to jump in and help out or what? Yeah, I mean, you know, I started kind of looking around and seeing that there was stuff going on, but there didn't seem to be a captain of the ship. You know what I mean? Like there. Yeah. And back when uh, Keith and I were kind of doing the the local scene, there was a guy named Donnie Kendall who. If you wanted to play Nashville and you were a punk band, you had to talk to Donnie. He kind of did everything, and he played in a band called Fun Girls from Mount Pilot, and he was in a band called Rednecks in Pain before that, and then he was in some other bands, but he was the guy that put out the original House of Pain Teen Idols records. So I, I kind of look at him as like a, a guy, like, okay, he put out local bands that he liked on a record label called House of Pain, and he promoted all the shows, and then he kind of had a deal with himself. Like, if he hasn't done anything significant by the time he's 35, he's going to retire and just kind of get out of music altogether. Plus, he was kind of getting burnt out because he'd been doing it seven days a week. And so I started looking around like, there's no Donnie Kendall right now. Somebody needs to pick up the torch, you know? And so I'm like, fuck, I could do it. You know, why not? I know I have so many connections all over the world, really, from Teen Idols touring all the time that I have the know-how to make it work and another thing I got into not only doing the record label was promoting shows like Donnie used to and uh, started working with a local venue called the Cobra in Nashville and we've been we did some cool shows and I have a lot of really cool shows coming up as well and so I'm kind of tapping all the resources of the local scene and I'm bringing nationals back to Nashville we just had Green Jelly on Thursday, and I had some local bands. Actually, Mike Patton, Mike Patton from Vista Blue did an acoustic set opening that show. So anytime I can throw my guys a bone and have them open up for nationals, it just it just helps helps everybody, you know. So um, some other stuff that we've got going on pretty soon is I got Ghoul Town from Texas. They're kind of a horror cowboy band playing uh, the weekend of Halloween. And uh, I think it's a very good thing, you know, trying to get the, the scene back on its feet. Oh, and all it took was I emailed a lot of the booking agencies and I told them, you know, who I was. I played guitar in Teen Idols and Screeching Weasel and the Queers and all this stuff. And I, I, I know what it takes to make a touring band happy and what it takes to make a good show as a promoter as well, because I've been on both sides of the fence. And a lot of them wrote me back and were like, awesome. We've been waiting for somebody to pick up the torch in Nashville and go come back, you know. And I told them my my goal is to make Nashville the highlight of the tour, and that's the one that they said, man, we had a blast. We can't wait to go back on the next tour. So that's my plan, and I I think if if I keep that ball rolling, the scene will start to rebuild itself and get back on the map. You know, that's that's the goal. Yeah, dude, that's awesome. I'm happy you're doing some cool stuff, man. Like. I look forward to to just just to see what you do next. Oh, awesome, man! I appreciate that. Hey, we should mention that uh, the Rip Taylors and the Stevens are are both playing uh, T1 Fest. I I believe the same day as as you and Keith are, right? They're they're playing Saturday night, the same night that Keith and I are going to be playing, and uh, a lot of the uh, other local bands from around here are like, hey. We saw that the Stevens and the Rip Taylors are playing a big festival in Chicago. 
can we get on that? And I'm like, maybe. <laughs> so now, yeah, so now everybody's hitting me up. Like, I'm the guy with the goods. You know, I can get you to the next level. You know, so, <laughs> <laughs> which it could be, could be true. You know, if I, if I pull some strings and make things happen for people, it's not that far-fetched, really. Yeah, yeah. No, that's cool that they got they got on that with you, the, you know? So. Yeah, yeah. Well, originally I wasn't even planning on Keith and I being involved. I was just trying to help them get to Chicago and play in front of a whole, whole new crowd and a crowd that would actually appreciate them, you know? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, I think that's kind of where it started, like, uh, Jimmy, Jimmy knew or he heard that you were going to come up for it. And that sort of got the, yeah. the wheels well, in motion there. You I wasn't know? even co- I wasn't even coming. Like I was just sending them there. <laughs> I was gonna stay home and you know hear about it later. But he's like, hey, since your bands are coming up here, what do you think about coming up here? I was like, let me see what Keith's doing. So. Yeah, yeah, dude. People are gonna fucking lose their mind over this. I hope so. I hope we don't disappoint. <laughs> I don't think we will. No, I don't think so either. So the set list is made. Is 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 it the same as what you told me a few weeks ago? So far, yeah, I haven't changed anything yet. Cool. People aren't going to be the, disappointed. You got the inside scoop, man. You're, I got the inside fucking... scoop. Oh, I got to know, dude. I had to. I think that was the first thing I asked you. What are you playing? That's right. There's perks to being Nate Dimmel. Yeah, dude. Well, he's going to tell me later. <laughs> yeah, Keith won't find out till the day we play. <laughs> That's cool. Because this these days I can't remember anything anyway, so I'll forget by the time I walk back in the house. I mean, this is probably never going to... I mean, I don't want to say it's never going to happen again, but it, this is not going to be a thing that happens every year, I assume. No, this is definitely a rare a rare event. So if you ever didn't get to see us and you want to, this is probably about as close as you're going to get. Yeah. It's uh, like I had told Philip, like, this is something that um, we neither one of us ever thought would happen and so i want to i want to it's it's for a different reason now like it used to just it's for just it's always been for the love of music but this time it's like you never know that you're gonna ever have another chance again and didn't know this opportunity would come along so it's you know it's all about the only way we do it is if it's gonna be just sledgehammer fucking rock and roll and that's we're hoping people are gonna come out and, and have a great time you guys are going to steal the show. I don't care. <laughs> I mean, this is going to be the highlight for everybody there, dude. Let's hope. Hey, when's the last time you guys saw Cody? You were talking about Cody before and giving him his first beer. Dude, um, <laughs> I haven't seen Cody physically in person in a long time. I think it was when I was on tour with Even in Blackouts. We played somewhere in Wyoming, and they were all there. And that was when... Uh, Brandon was still alive because I have pictures from that day and, and me and Brandon are hanging out on his couch at the house. So that's been several years. I mean, I talk to Cody a lot through texts. You know, like we text each other yeah. once a month or something like that. So we stay in touch, but I haven't actually physically seen him in person in years. People are going to be stoked, man. So Saturday is the day. Saturday. I mean, the whole festival is, you know, it's for a good cause and each night has its uh, has cool bands and everything. Yeah. But- Something special is going to happen on Saturday Sa- for sure. Saturday's the big finale. It's just extra cool because, you know, there's been this resurgence the last few years, and I know teen idols are just, uh, you know, it feels like there's there's been s- some momentum or something. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like the band that, you know, maybe maybe you saw a hundred times and you just you still love them, or maybe you're just people are discovering them and they're just realizing what they missed. Yeah. But uh, y- you know. I hope the I hope the uh, the anniversary records 
keep coming too, like pucker up. Yeah, full t- leather I, jacket. I mean, I hope those. Yeah. Sh- I hope that happens, dude. I talked to Fat about that, and I said, "Hey, if you're planning on doing, you know, the next one for '99, that's the year that one came out." I said, "Hit me up and let me know, because I w- I have tons of pictures and artwork. We could do alternate back covers or something, you know." Yeah, because they kind of put that that self titled one out without anybody knowing about it. Like I. Yeah, dude, it was. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I don't think they. I don't think they expected much, you know. Yeah, and I went. I went to Riot Fest <laughs> last year in Chicago, and they had a Fat Records tent set up, and they were selling the 25th anniversary of like everybody from '97 that they had done the repress. And I went up and I was like, "Hey, do you have any of those Teen Idols ones?" And he goes, "Dude, we had a shitload the first day, and they're all gone. Like they all sold out the first day." I was like, "Yeah, that's right." (laughs) (laughs) I have a really good friend that lives in Richmond, and I talked to him just the other day, and he's like, "Man, I went to get that motherfucker and thought I at least had 48 hours," and he's like, "It's gone." He's like, "Please." Please, I know you got some copies, man. He's <laughs> like, I'll pay you. I'm like, and, and see, this this just goes Please. back to years ago when we were on Honest Don's. I had several meetings with Mike about bumping us up to Fat Records, and he was like, Ah, you guys just don't really fit the formula. I was like, Bitch, we're a good band. <laughs> you know, like, what the fuck? <laughs> That's a what formula. the fuck, man? You yeah. know, and then you look at it now. Teenage Bottle Rocket aren't that different from what we were doing, you know? It's like, and they're on fat. Like, you fucker. Yeah. And Bomb, Bomb Pops. Pops. Yeah. The Bomb Pops, I mean, too. like, all those bands that kind of, like, we were the first ones, you know, that kind of in that vein, you know? And there's been a lot of them since then that, like, damn, why would you sign them and not us? I guess, I think we were a wild card. We were too crazy for them. <laughs> like, we're not signing yeah. those fucking insane like- hillbillies, man. Fuck that shit. You know, back back then, whenever we would have to, there was no email really. That was like a new thing, and so whenever mm-hmm. I had to communicate with the label, and I would call Fat Records, I had to go down to a payphone at the gas station to talk to them. So, I think I think our phone had been disconnected for non-payment of the bill or something. So I would walk down <laughs> to the gas station. It was about a mile away, and I would put the quarters in and call uh, Mark Tamo at Honest Don's and we'd talk about business for until the quarters were gone. You know, so. <laughs> I got to go use the pay phone. I'll be back in about 45 minutes. Yeah. <laughs> well, all right, dude. Well, um, I'm going to let you guys go, okay? You guys are welcome back anytime. You know that. Thanks a lot, man. I really appreciate it, Nate. It's been great talking to I you. I think Philip, yeah, Philip's one of the most requested guests to have on just because he's He's been on before, but Keith, you're you're welcome back, dude. Please come back sometime. Anytime, anytime, Nate. Thank you, Mr. Nasty. <laughs> Mr. Nasty. <laughs> and we will we'll definitely come back anytime we have something new to talk about. Cool, yeah. Yeah, let's do it. Uh anyways, thanks to both of you guys, Phil and Keith. It's been a blast. Everybody looking to go into T1 Fest on October 19th through the 21st in Chicago. Alright, next episode. Uh, Not a clue what it's going to be. Hopefully it doesn't take too long, though. Anyways, until then, stay safe, stay cool. We'll see you. See you, Phil. See you, Keith. See you. Later. Bye. The other day when somebody sang it was That's your song and the play And they saw you yesterday Shopping for two rings The news like a boat shot right through me You don't even see it in family six weeks You said we need some space to sort the things. Oh, you're crazy.
Cool.